Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I'm going to go over my review of WCW's Great American Bash 2000. Starting off the evening, we're going to our first match of the night. It is Disco Inferno versus Lieutenant Loco for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Again, it was an okay matchup, a back-and-forth matchup between both Disco and Lieutenant Loco. Loco was keeping the pace of the match, but Loco ultimately gets the win, and your winner of the match is Loco. Again, it was an okay matchup. Um, Lieutenant Loco, if you guys don't know, that's actually Chavo Guerrero um, when he was a part of that stable of Misfits in action. Um, Disco Inferno um, kind of held his own in this match, too. It wasn't that bad, but again, hats off to Lieutenant Loco for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Johnny the Bull and Big Vito versus Chronic. Again, it was an okay matchup, back-and-forth matchup between both teams. Chronic was keeping the pace of the match with Chronic ultimately hitting the finish and pinned for the three, and your winners of the match are Chronic. Again, decent matchup. Uh, Chronic, to me, was a, was a really decent tag team, in my honest opinion, for WCW towards the later years. Um, Chronic fit that mold of tag team wrestling, in my honest opinion. Um, and they were big. I mean, they were units. I mean, those guys were huge. And uh, Johnny DeBull and Vito... Again, they're a decent tag team. Um, I don't know much about Johnny the Bull. Big Vito came over to WWE um, when you know WCW obviously folded. Um, and had a couple decent matches, but not that bad. You know, not the best. And obviously, his career didn't really last long in WWE. But um, hats off to Chronic for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the card. It is Mike Awesome versus DDP. In a ambulance match. Again, it was a good matchup. Back and forth matchup between both Mike Awesome and DDP. Uh, Kimberly attacks Diamond Dallas Page. But DDP then uh, hits a cutter. Canyon is here. He ends up attacking DDP. Hits a cutter on DDP as well. Uh, and your winner of the match is Mike Awesome. Again, it was an okay matchup. Uh, Mike Awesome, like I said before many a times, man, he had a lot of really good matches in ECW. Um, I've Personally, believe in my opinion, the matches he had against Masato Tanaka in ECW, some of those matches to me were five star matches. I mean, those guys beat the hell out of one another, and it was just put on a phenomenal match. Um, you know, obviously, Mike Awesome also wrestled for FMW, which was a big, to me, a big promotion in Japan. A lot of, you know, a lot of the matches they did were like the death matches that you see now or hear of. Um, and they were kind of doing that in FMW, those exploding barbed wire matches. Um, in FMW, and that's Mike also made a name for himself over there as well as the Gladiator. So, uh, again, hats off to Mike Awesome for getting the win. I just wish the match was a clean finish. Moving on from that, we go into our next match on the card. It is Booker T versus Sean Stasiak in a boot camp match. Again, I thought this match was awful, man. Uh, Sean Stasiak, again, I put him right there with Ernest the Cat Miller, Disco Inferno, some of those guys, man. Sean Stasiak was not a wrestler. Um, his father, from what I understand, was a good wrestler. Uh, he actually, Sean Stasiak is a second generation wrestler, but Sean, I mean, to me, Sean Stasiak just was not a good wrestler. I'm sorry. Uh, his career, even in WWE did not last long. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin pretty much ended that career. Uh, he just wasn't a good wrestler, man. And Booker T deserved better opponent than Sean Stasiak, in my honest opinion. Um, it was a back and forth matchup between both Booker T and Sean Stasiak. But uh, Booker was keeping the pace of the match. Booker ultimately hits, um, you know, the finish on Stasiak. 
pins for the three, and your winner of the match is Booker T. Hats off to Booker T for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go to our next match on the card as well. It is The Wall versus Shane Douglas in a tables match. Again, it was an okay matchup. Back and forth matchup between The Wall and Shane Douglas. The Wall was keeping the pace of the match, but Shane ultimately puts Wall through a table off a ladder, and your winner of the match is Shane Douglas. Hats off to Shane Douglas for getting the win in this match. Moving on from that, we go to our next match on the card. It is Tank Abbott versus Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner. Again, it was an okay matchup, back and forth matchup with everybody involved. Um, Tank Abbott was trying to keep the pace of the match, but Scott ultimately applies a Steiner recliner. And your winner of the match by submission is Scott Steiner. Again, it was a decent matchup. You're not going to really get a whole lot out of Tank Abbott, in my honest opinion. Um, and to be honest, I mean, Rick and Scott were kind of both working together in this match. So I kind of knew Tank Abbott was going to lose. But um, hats off to Scott Steiner for getting the win in this matchup. <clears throat> Moving on from that, we go into our next match on the card as well. It is Hulk Hogan versus Billy Kidman with special guest, special referee, not special guest, special referee Horace Hogan. Um, again, it was an okay matchup, back and forth matchup between both Hogan and Billy Kidman. Hogan was keeping the pace of the match. Hogan ultimately hits Kidman with brass knuckles, pins for the three, and your winner of the match is Hawk Hogan. Um, one of the biggest things I'll take away from this match between Hogan and Kidman was that this, this whole uh, new blood uh, stuff that was coming into the fold of WCW and everything else, and you got the veterans and the newer guys, I didn't really understand it. I don't know who was booking the matches at this time, um, but I didn't understand it, man. I, I really didn't. I mean, Billy Kidman was a cruiserweight. Hulk Hogan, obviously a heavyweight. Um, I didn't really even understand the storyline entirely. It didn't really make sense to me. And then watching the match, you know, the matches between Hogan and Kidman, which they've had multiple matches, um, it just seemed bland, man. They just slapped this together and then, you know, we're going to put Hogan versus Kidman. It just seemed very lackadaisical booking, in my honest opinion. And it seemed like at, for a while it was more or less 50-50 booking between Hogan and Kidman. But uh, hats off to Hogan for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match on the card. It is Ric Flair versus David Flair. Again, it was a good matchup, uh, back-and-forth matchup between both Rick and David, with Rick keeping the pace of the match. But Ric Flair ultimately plays a figure-four leg lock, and your winner of the match is Ric Flair. After the match, though, you can see Ric Flair's family greeting Ric Flair in the ring, celebrating his win. Uh, the one thing that I did notice was Charlotte Flair being in the ring at that time. Um which was kind of odd seeing that. But, um, again, it was a decent matchup. David Flair, you know, could not wrestle. And I mentioned this many times before, man. When he was teaming up with Crowbar and he, and obviously working with Daphne, it, it just didn't work. Crowbar was obviously carrying that team for what it was. David Flair could not wrestle. I think the main reason why they kept, you know, kept him on TV was that because it was Ric Flair's kid. It was his son. And, honestly, you're not going to go up against Ric Flair at the time because he is – I mean, multi-time world champion. I think at the time he was like 14-time world heavyweight champion. You're not going to say no to Ric Flair. That'd be like saying no to Michael Jordan or no to LeBron James. It's not going to happen. Or no to Tom Brady. You're not going to say no to those guys. Those guys are the top of the sport, the pinnacle of the sport, if you will. You're not going to say no to these guys. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for these guys, this sport wouldn't be that relevant. You know, they're keeping this sport afloat. Ric Flair kept the sport afloat, man. Ric Flair was a primetime guy. So what are they going to say? Oh, we can't. We'll have Ric Flair here, but not David Flair, even though it's requested by Ric Flair. No, they're going to keep David Flair on. And they're going to try to wrestle 
have David Flair wrestle. He just couldn't wrestle. The guy could not wrestle. And it really wasn't like he was really over with the fans, in my honest opinion. I didn't see it, and nor did I understand it. But hats off to Ric Flair for getting the win in this matchup. <clears throat> Moving on from that, we go to our next match on the card as well. It is Vampiro versus Sting in a Human Torch match. Again, I thought this was a really good matchup, back-and-forth matchup between both Vampiro and Sting. But uh, Sting ultimately gets caught on fire by Vampiro. He falls off the Titan Tron, lands to the stage below um, security, and everybody's trying to put the flames out of the match, and Vampiro ultimately gets the win in this matchup. Um, I mentioned this in the past, too. Vampiro uh, was definitely getting over with the crowd in, like, you know, early 2000, mid-2000. Vampiro was a crowd favorite. Uh, Sting, obviously, a humongous baby face. People love Sting. They gravitate towards Sting. Uh, but seeing Sting, you know, pretty much lit on fire and then falling off that Titan Tron, you could just see Tony Schiavone's face and, like, shock and awe. You know what I mean? And he, his, he was still on fire when he landed down to that stage structure below when they were still trying to put him out with that fire extinguisher. I mean, it looked brutal. But I think Vampiro gave Sting some of his best matches towards the end of the run for WCW. I really do. I think Vampiro was one of Sting's biggest rivals towards the end of the tenure of WCW, in my honest opinion. But hats off to Vampiro for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match on the card as well. It is Kevin Nash versus Jeff Jarrett. This is the main event of the Great American Bash 2000. Again, it was an okay matchup, back and forth matchup between both Nash and Jarrett. Uh, Nash was keeping the pace of the match. Rick Steiner is here. Rick ends up attacking Nash. Mysterio, Conan, and Guerrero and Disco also here to attack uh, Nash. Goldberg is here. Goldberg hits a spear on Nash as well. Jared goes to cover Kevin Nash. Pins for the three, and your winner of the match is Jeff Jarrett. Again, it was an okay matchup. Obviously, at this time, man, they were really, really pushing Jeff Jarrett. I don't have anything against Jeff Jarrett. I really don't. Um, I w- I'm not going to sit here and say I was a huge fan of Jeff Jarrett, um, but obviously he's a sh- uh, you know second-generation wrestler. Uh, his father, Jerry Jarrett, wrestled way back in the day, obviously ran a promotion in Memphis, uh, a big-time promotion in, in Tennessee for that matter, um, and he's a second-generation wrestler. Uh, but I just never got the gimmick of Jeff Jarrett. I wasn't big into the whole country music thing and everything else like that. Just That's just my own opinion. But as far as in-ring ability, Jarrett can wrestle. You know what I mean? It just it wasn't really like, you know, nothing to me was really catching my eye with Jeff Jarrett as far as in-ring ability. But the man can wrestle. Multi-time World Heavyweight Champion, Hall of Famer. Um, has had a hell of a career for himself, especially in Impact. I mean, he was kind of running the show over there in Impact. When Impact Wrestling, to me, was one of the top wrestling companies in the country with WWE in the early days of Impact Wrestling. And I feel really strong about that. I think Impact Wrestling in the early days and the names they had on that roster, phenomenal. You know, and I'm not saying that's because AJ Styles was on that roster, but they had AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Abyss, Sting, um, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Uh, and just, that's just to name a few. Rob Van Dam, Jeff Hardy, some notable names on that roster that, you know, Impact Wrestling was a really good show, man. The X Division back in the day for Impact Wrestling was absolutely insane. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. But hats off to Jeff Jarrett for getting the win in this matchup. As far as this show, I always give these shows a rating. You guys know by now from a 1 out of 10. I'm going to give this one a solid 4.5, maybe 5, man. It, it definitely wasn't the best show, but it wasn't, you know, the worst either. There were some matches I could have done without. Disco versus Lieutenant Loco could have done without. 
Um, Johnny the Bull and Vito, after a while, I mean, I just feel like that tag team really wasn't doing anything for me personally, in my opinion. It's just a bland tag team. Um, obviously, they were really pushing Jeff Jarrett at the time. And there was a lot of like stuff going on behind the scenes, I think, at this time around for WCW, obviously towards the end of their uh, their run with WCW. But um, I'm going to have to give it a four and a half, five at best, man. But this is my review of WCW's Great American Bash 2000. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful and remember, stay classic. Peace.